Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where you talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Palestina. And today we are talking to the stubborn, obsessive Ashley Gutermuth. Hey! <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's lovely Welcome, to see Ashley. You. Oh, yeah. Thank <laughs> you for being here. <laughs> so much for being here. Um, yeah, so to get started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from and how'd you get started in comedy? Tell us about you. Sure. I am a uh, 19-year-old tile setter from Omaha. No, I am a, <laughs> I am a stand-up comedian. I'm a runner. I, I obsessively run and I obsessively comedy. Yeah, uh, I don't seem to do anything halfway. Uh, I don't. It's a problem. But yeah, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And um, right now, uh, as of this moment, uh, as we're recording, I'm in Connecticut, but I live in New Jersey. Nice. So how did you get started in comedy? Uh, I've always been obsessed with comedy. It's like stubborn obsessive. We just we just keep going back. Obsessed. So <laughs> when I was um, really little, I used to go to work with my parents. And they were, uh, they were, are both helicopter mechanics, which is, a, I thought was normal, but it's not uh, apparently. <laughs> Your parents might not have had the same job or have been helicopter mechanics, but I, they, um, they would have to work far away. So we would go on long drives. I would go with them to work, like it'd be an hour and a half to work. And we would listen to Monty Python and a lot of British comedy. So I have a lot, most of the comedy that I like is British. And um, so I just have been obsessed from when I was very, very, you know, three with comedy and telling jokes and finding different ways to make people laugh. So it's always been something that I've really loved. That's awesome. And then at what point were you like, I like, I love this so much. I want to start doing this as like a career path. Uh, I've tried. Uh, so I, my husband is in the military, which <clears throat> means that we move a lot. So I have tried to uh, be a comedian full time for a long time. And I've tried, but because the way I couldn't figure out how to do it Air Force Base wise, because the, just because of where they were there, they, I couldn't find a lot of opportunities. So I started out doing voiceover acting because I wanted to do that was something I could do whichever base we lived on because a lot of it is from home. And I wanted to do funny voiceover acting because it was just a way to um, be funny and be around funny people. Cause that's really one of my main things. I like to be around funny people. I have no time in my life for drama. Like I can't even watch it. I can't watch it on TV. I can't <laughs> tolerate it. It's like there's something inside me that doesn't let me deal with it. So um yeah. So it's something that I've always wanted to do in some way. I did acting in uh, like, you know, school and stuff like that. And I was all, I look back at photos of me from high school, middle school, elementary school, even, and just like, I'm always pulling like a weird face or <laughs> doing something. <laughs> I, I can't be serious. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So then when was your like first open mic that you did or your first comedy show? Um, what I considered to be one of my first things was I used to, um, do you know what Toastmasters is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So- you haven't talked about Toastmasters though on this podcast. So if you could explain for our listeners. Sure. Toastmasters is where 
uh, business professionals go to polish their speaking skills. So they have, um, it's like a little club and they, you give, it's almost like an open mic where you don't be funny because you have to give speeches all the time and they'll give you topics and there's books and things that you follow. So when I was 17, I got, I started going to Toastmasters. Uh, It was funny because you had to be 18, but I, I snuck in under the radar. (laughs) <laughs> and I loved Eddie Izzard and still do. Um, so I would go into Toastmasters and I would just uh, riff like Eddie does <laughs> or, or seems to do anyway. Um, and I would I would get up and I would try to make this group of adults laugh. And eventually they sent me to a um, like a, a Toastmasters conference for it was like an improv. Um, they would just give you a topic. So that's one of my first things that I did uh, that I really, <laughs> I look back and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes this, uh, it all makes sense. <laughs> so if I, eventually they said, okay, actually you have to um, stop trying to be funny and you have to follow the curriculum. And then I quit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I decline. Thank you. Thank you. Is there a career from Toastmasters that you would go to without being funny? Like the dude, like a speaker, <laughs> like, what do you, I guess so. Cause there are people that try to like have emotional, you know, they, their whole thing is, is giving emotional speeches and trying to, I don't know, be downers, I guess. What yeah, is... like, what do you, like, I feel like I, even if you listen to like speeches in that are like presidential or something, you're like, if it's a little bit comedic, I'm following. Yeah. Better. There's gotta be something in there. It's, isn't that interesting when I, I have this a lot, I guess, because I, I don't take anything seriously, but I'll go talk to somebody and you, and I realize that I'm not on the same page as them at all. Like they are being serious. And I'm like, oh, I can't even comprehend that what they're saying they would take seriously. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> like, like, uh, uh, like and I think that we're both like riffing and making fun of it. We're not. Uh, they, <laughs> they really care about, I don't know, you know, IRAs or, um, I, or what is it Roth IRAs <laughs> yeah like what do they even talk about it's, it's funny <laughs> stock funny. market when I first started in comedy um I was like googling like what do you do next you know from open mics like because it, it was like I don't know hard to figure out I guess and a lot of the internet was like Toastmasters and I was like what is yeah. this and then I never did it because I, I don't know it just never happened but oh, um yeah. and it's still and things are going fine so it's okay but um, <laughs> but yeah it's like it it seems like people like refer to it as a actual path it sounds like it's more because I'm in New York and I feel like it's more people who aren't in New York just to get like opportunities to yeah I think so I think it's a good thing it's like you know it's a club people hang out and they have little contests and I um or and I get to bigger you know they have regional contests that grow um and I think it's good for people I met people that um definitely their speaking skills became better, but I have always been a ham. Like you put two people in a room and I'm just like, okay, what, a, what's, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> uh, so uh, one of the, I remember um, go, uh, getting up in front of my whole high school and singing the song to the theme song to Growing Pains. I don't remember why. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we had some sort of, um, it was like a, uh, like a, rally or what a pep rally and uh i got up and sang that and i remember that was one of the moments i like you know, you ever leave like a gig and you're like oh that that was bad or um uh and you just really like you're in in yourself about it 
that was a moment that I had early on where I thought to myself, okay, you have to remember that this was, you did the best that you could in this moment and then you can let it go. And it's just a really nice thing that, that I, I'm able to kind of carry that to now where it's like, it doesn't go that well. Okay. You did as best as you flipping could then. So yeah. move on to the next thing. <laughs> totally. I think that's like, that's just such great advice for really all things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just so easy to like get bogged down and like, this was terrible. And now I'm going to quit forever. Like, <laughs> right. Like, clearly I'm awful. Um, <laughs> no, that like lightness is, it's so important. Um, speaking of uh, lightness, <laughs> light times. Uh, what was your life in comedy like pre-pandemic? Pre-pandemics. It seems so long ago, doesn't it? It's like a, a vortex. Um, so I lived in Washington state uh, near Seattle. And um, <clears throat> I was going up as much as I possibly could. So you know, th- three times a night, four times a night, if I could, some days you couldn't see it, but at least once a night, oh, someone's banging on my door. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. Uh, they were trying to clean the room, but no, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Uh, I also, I take all the trash out of the hotel uh, and throw, I, I try to leave the hotel room as nice as possible. Try to be, try, I'm very clean. OCD, one might say. Um, okay, so pre-pandemic, I was in Seattle. I used to go up as much as I possibly could, at least once a night. And I uh, did a lot of driving around and um, just trying to get as much stage time as I possibly could which was a lot of fun. I really like the area and that was neat. Now towards the end, especially the year before the pandemic, was it? Um, yeah. And even the next year, <clears throat> there's a lot of wildfires out West. And um, I'd never, I grew up in Pittsburgh where we don't have anything like that. We just have, um, you know, the only thing that Pittsburghers get mad about is if the Steelers lose. So <laughs> the, <laughs> so living out West with all of these, uh, the fires, so I would see wildfires, which are just crazy to see. And then also the smoke. And there was months where I would run with a respirator, a full on respirator, because the smoke was so thick. You would look outside and it was like orange, bright oh orange. Mm-hmm. I had a family member's house burned down from a wildfire. Uh, they had to escape from, from their house burning down. It was just absolutely terrible. So all of that going on. And then um, I was mentioning before we got on here about how I got into a car accident uh, coming back from a show. And uh, so that messed me all up because it's, it's gave me a traumatic brain injury, which means uh, I was, I was pretty concussed for a while and my brain is a bit like pudding. Uh, So I forget things (laughs) and I also (laughs) say the wrong word for things. So if I want to say peach, sometimes I'll say watermelon or I'll think it's a lot of it happens in my head where I just reverse the words and then I go, Oh, that's not right. Um, so it kind of, it shook my brain up. Um, so that happened, uh, the very big, just before the pandemic started, but also my husband had deployed. So my husband deployed, all right, he's gone. And, the, uh, cause he's in the air force. So I'm, uh, out in Washington state. And then I got in this car accident, right. Messes me all up. I'm in the hospital. And then, <laughs> then the pandemic hits and I'm like, oh my God, what is, what is going on? Jeez, yeah, 
so that was a there was a lot going on because I was trying to go to the especially to go to all the doctor's appointments during the pandemic was really hard because we didn't know what was going on they shut down my physical therapy um and so trying to keep all that going along was uh was difficult but yeah and then also having him be deployed which is it's stressful as it is he was supposed to be gone for four months but he was he was gone for a little over seven months which is a long time uh to be gone uh i like my husband so (laughs) (laughs) i'd like him around (laughs) wow so things were really just like hitting the fan one after the other (laughs) right before the pandemic wildfires car crashes deployment like it's just on and on yeah 12 days of christmas like (laughs) (laughs) keep it on going yeah it was so then during the pandemic then what how did things go comedy wise for you i know you were the tonight show seinfeld contest winner as well yeah that was uh that was cool so um, I jumped into, I complained about virtual shows for two weeks and then I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and then I jumped, jumped into it and did as many as I possibly could. And, uh, I also, I do a lot of, I read a ton of books about comedy. I'm always listening to some audio book about comedy. I love, um, biographies and autobiographies about comedians. Cause I, I just like to see what other people, what lessons they've learned. So I really jumped into that and um, just trying to learn more about joke structure and things like that. I'm a nerd. And <laughs> um, so I had the, the Seinfeld thing. They, they just put out an, uh, a call and I saw this on um, a hot breath. There's a hot breath podcast. I saw that on their message board. I believe Joel Byers put it out. The guy who runs that. And he says, he said, Hey, apply for this. Here's an opportunity. And I just recorded myself. Didn't think I do. I, I throw so much stuff at the wall guys. I like, <laughs> like there's no, uh, I, there's so many things that don't work out. That was, I had no, I just figured there's no way. So I sent it off, forgot about it completely. And then a week later, I got an email from the tonight show that said, Oh, Hey, you're a shortlisted for this. Uh, no guarantees, but just sign this, um, saying that we can show it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> it's still not going to happen. And uh, I didn't know it was going to happen until I was watching it. And until Jimmy Fallon said, and from New Jersey, Ashley Guterbooth. And I was like, what? So I watched <laughs> it live with everyone, <laughs> other people. I started to get texts. They're like, why are you on my television? <laughs> <laughs> um so I didn't know I was going to be on. And I also didn't know it was a contest. So at the end, when they had Jerry Seinfeld, Jimmy Fallon pick me to win, I was like, what, what, what's happening? What's the deal? It was such a neat thing. They were so nice. Everybody there was so nice. Um, and I got a, I got an IMDB credit that says I'm an actress best known for the tonight show, which of course I am. <laughs> That's so sick. That's great. It was so ridiculous, but everybody was so nice. And I just, um, you know, it's just fun to do. And I, I like his book. So that that's the whole thing was you had to do a bit from his book and uh, try to make him laugh. That's cool. What, how did you decide like which bit to do or? Um, so uh, what I did was I thought I, I try to do this a lot where I think, okay, what are the, what am I doing? That's going to give somebody else something to talk about. Because a lot of times people, they don't really know what to say. You know, they don't, they're, tr- so 
I try to make things easy on people, I guess. I don't know. Not that they needed that, but I thought, what, what will they talk about? So I picked one about late night hosts because I thought, oh, that meshes up. And this is the tonight show talk about late night hosts. So um, they, and I guess it worked because they, they thought that was kind of a funny thing as opposed to just picking something randomly he has loads of bits. So I just, okay. What kind of fits into the narrative of what we're trying to do? And then it just worked out. That's, that's awesome. so cool. Well, that's one way to, to comedy during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, right. Did you find so. yourself doing a lot of like, I know you said you resisted Zoom shows for like two <laughs> weeks. Mm -hmm. Did you end up doing a lot of Zoom stuff? Did you find other locations to do stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I still do. I do loads. I do lots of um, Zoom shows for companies. That's so strong, like lots every week. Um, so, uh, yeah. And I... I just, I like doing them because I got to meet all kinds of people that I would never normally meet. I, I did shows in South Africa. I did shows, um, I've done shows in India, like two, two 30 in the morning shows <laughs> for different countries and being able to, to see people and, and talk to them has been awesome. So yeah, I still do and, and have done lots and lots of zoom shows and I really like them. Awesome. We really haven't talked about, um, corporate gigs that much on this podcast. Can you, kind of shine some light on what that's like mm -hmm. sure uh so i do a lot of those i think primarily because i am i don't swear and i don't talk about um religion or really sex or anything like that and i don't do that normally <clears throat> in my act because i'm super repressed uh, so, <laughs> so it just comes naturally uh so yeah i've gotten to work for a lot of major companies and you know smaller and smaller companies um, but it's just a matter of being clean, understanding what the environment is. Like these people don't want, they want to have a nice time. They don't want to be embarrassed in front of their boss. You know, <laughs> they don't, it, you don't want to be gross or anything like that. It's, um, so, and, and a lot of companies do it so that they can just, cause a lot of their employees are working from home. So they, are trying to bring them together and do something nice. And they might send them like, um, like something to eat or drink in the mail. And so, that, or like I've seen them send party hats and things like that. Um, hmm. But sometimes it's a surprise because I have, so I have a joke in my set right now where I talk about, I didn't know that it was going to be a take your kid to work day. And it was a bunch of little kids like under six. And I like, that's not, <laughs> It's like, yeah, you know, it just turned into a bunch of premises because I was like, they're, first of all, they're not going to understand any of it. And secondly, it's like, I'm clean, but how clean do you have to be for a five-year-old? I don't know. Nothing about Sesame Street. So it's just a, a, a panic attack waiting to happen. That's crazy. Do you also like, so since a lot of people are going back to offices and stuff, has that changed the corporate world of comedy or yeah. What, what have you seen with like kind of the shift in, in going back to in person? Um, I still see uh, people doing zoom shows for their employees and it'll be like some people are at home and then they'll have, they'll bring some people into like a boardroom and they'll like, you'll have say 10 people watching you on the TV um, or so, I had one that was, um, I was the only one virtually they were, and I was projected on a screen and they were all in a big room. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're like, how is this is we, I could just come there guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
why, why are we doing this? Um, but th- that was fun, but it's also when they're all in one room, um, yeah, there's such a delay, like with zoom, there's a, a slight delay anyway, but I feel like we've kind of all got it figured out by now, but when, when they're all in one room, there's a real delay. So you're just, or how about the ones where, uh, so I, I always come on and because people are a little shy or they, they're on, they're not used to being unmuted or on camera for their business meetings. So I got to be like, okay, guys, you're going to have to unmute and you're going to have to be on camera. Otherwise this is going to be weird. Uh, (laughs) This is going to be real weird for the next half an hour. Um, So, yeah, I, I like them a lot and I've found people are, are really receptive and, you know, you just try to be nice and try to give whoever's in front of you a nice time. That's always my goal. Awesome. Um, switching gears a bit recently, you have gone incredibly viral, um, <laughs> of your, um, I, what I'm going to, I don't know what you call it, but I'm going to call it elegant, elegant power tools. Um, <laughs> love that videos. <laughs> they are the best thing ever. Uh, so everyone listening, pause and go check. And you know what? You can keep listening. That's how the internet works. Go <laughs> like watch them is. now. But can you talk a little about how that happened? Um, so I did a video in Seattle. Uh, yeah, out in Washington where I, um, I, I used my leaf blower when I was in a ball gown. But that was about two years ago, I think. So here's the thing. I, I love, I love my leaf blower as it is. I have one of the most powerful leaf blowers, uh, back backpack leaf blowers that you can buy. Uh, got it in a pawn shop. I'm very proud of it. I have to like work my way up to it because it's really heavy and powerful blows me back. Um, but I use my leaf blower to clean out my car because again, uh, OCD like things to be clean, really clean. Apparently just blow all that dust out. (laughs) So, so I'll just, you know, I'll open up all the, the doors and I'll blow it out. And I thought, Oh, what would be funny here? And just what's just the silliest thing. First of all, people think it's silly for me to be in a dress anyway. I I think it's silly for me to be in a dress. I I've never (laughs) liked them. I've never been particularly girly. My mom used to pay me to wear dresses. Um, and I still wouldn't take it. I used to have long, really long hair. And I tried, I tried to be a girl. I can't do it. I'm not good at it. Uh, so, um, I, I, so I did that, uh, a while back that was at the beginning of or mid pandemic did the leaf blower thing. And then, uh, recently I just, I just try to think, oh, okay, what, what, what I think is funny. And I also have a pressure washer that I really like. So I started, I was like, I'm going to put on this. I had to get some dresses for some event, some uh, military event, because I, I have to dress up for those sometimes. And um, I was like, yeah, what would be funny here? So I just threw on this black dress and heels and then uh, just decided to take a video of me using the pressure washer. And that got, it's what's got like five 5.6 million views or something like that, which is nuts. Yeah, but it's also like, while you're seeing that happen, while I was seeing that happen, I was like, this, these aren't real numbers. Yeah. I was like, like, this doesn't, this is just like one person that's just like, click, click. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but I tell you what though, I have had people recognize me from it, Good. which is, uh, which is hilarious. They're like, cause they're recognizing me from being in a dress using a pressure washer. <laughs> 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 they're just like oh my god oh so that's so funny and i've done uh, i did another one in a dress where i was um trying to be james bond the next james bond 
because the movie was coming out. And so I'm flipping tires and doing things and catching a football because that's what James Bond does. He catches footballs. Um, <laughs> but just try to do funny things in a dress because I think that I look out of place in a dress. That's to, to me, that's how I feel. And, um, but what's funny to me has been the comments. So <clears throat> there's a lot of men that leave me terrible comments. That they're, they're just like super mean. Okay. I do not care about what they think. So it doesn't, like, so it does, it doesn't matter to me, but what I do is uh, they'll leave something mean and I write, love you. And I put a little heart thing and I do that. <laughs> you can scroll through the comments. You will see hundreds of love yous. I love you so much. And those are the people that keep coming back. All right. And they keep, and they'll, they'll be like, they'll be like, no, yeah, right. You, you don't love me. Okay. And I'm like, yes, I do love you in my head. I'm going, I love you because you're pushing this up the algorithm. So thank you very much for continuing <laughs> the comment. Really appreciate it. And so I just say, no, I, I really do. I love you. I love anybody that comes and hangs out with me. Thanks for watching. Cause they're looking for a fight, right? They're, they're looking they're I've had the guys will come on and they'll say, what's this thing in a dress or uh, what's this dude doing in a dress? I, or they'll say, you know, they just try to take it as horrible as they can. Now, the funny thing about all of that is when I say love you, usually I'll get to the third comment. They will apologize, full on apologize to me. They'll say, I'm sorry. I was drunk. I didn't mean to. You, you like, I, 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 I'm not trying to be a jerk. Um, and I have had that happen many times, not all the time, but I've had guys full on apologize publicly and they seem to mean it. <laughs> so it's like, wow. this is weird. It's a, I want to figure out what the psychology is there. Why wouldn't they just disappear? Yeah, kill um, kindness. Yeah, it's weird. That's wild. Also, like, what a lesson learned. Like, I feel like you always hear people getting in like big fights on the internet, or I'll see people like have screenshots on their Instagram stories that are like someone's calling me a name, and let's all, yeah, I don't know, gang up against this person. But like, you do kind of forget that like people on the internet are, I don't know, like drunk, weird strangers. They so, are, like, yeah, just like nothing they forget that I'm a person because they just yeah. see, they don't think I'm going to respond. And then I respond back to them uh, just being like, Hey, you know, I know you're going through a hard time. I'm sorry. I hope that thanks for sticking around. It's okay if I'm not for you. And then they apologize. Now I've also had people tell me to kill myself in my direct messages, which is also like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll go do that. Oh right yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for the tip. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I was wondering if I should or not. And that was the tip of the iceberg. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's nuts, but yeah, people forget. And they're also going through their own thing. You know, what, what do I care? I just, I'm tr I try, I have to live with myself. Right. So I want to be as nice as I can be. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think that's a really good I don't know. Good vibes overall. Very, vibes. very impressive. <laughs> um, so have you, so you've been doing this TikTok, you're kind of viral on the internet. Have you been doing anything else that's been like, I know you've been doing some shows, like what have been some other exciting things you've taken on since the pandemic? Mm, yeah, I, I do. I'm trying to write my, um, you know, write TV shows and, and got all that going on. Um, just trying to, I, I've lived in New Jersey. I moved to New Jersey to be as close to New York as I possibly could. And that was the closest uh, we could get to for now. And I'll probably move full on into New York City soon. Um, but 
Um, so I'm just trying to, you know, work the clubs there and try to get up as much as possible. And I've got some, I, I like the Instagram things. I like uh, having control over my stuff. That's something I've really learned uh, within the past year or so, just being able to make my own thing, put it out there uh, and then build off of that uh, is really valuable as opposed to like a lot of us, uh, a lot of uh, comedians, myself included, sort of search out for other people to make things happen. So like, oh, I really want this production company to reach out to me or I want this uh, to have happen. But realistically, it's you can do all that yourself. And I think a lot of us like I have a I, I, like I always think that we should combine resources and be like, OK, what do you let's let's all make our own special <laughs> and yeah. you know, let's record 10 minutes and then put out something that looks really good or 20 minutes or whatever somebody has. And then, you know, we put it out there and then you own, it, you know, and I, I don't know. I, so that's been something that I've been really into just trying to make and do as much stuff as I can that is um Interesting. I do, I've been doing a lot of traveling for shows just up, you know, through Connecticut, Massachusetts and um, New York and uh, and things like that, which has been good. So trying to get longer sets because New York is, as you know, you get a lot of short sets. So I try to get like 45 minutes here and there is, is good. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, it's so hard to find longer sets. I don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially in New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's all very exciting. Yeah. What is it? Have you had any shows that you've done since um, like kind of going elsewhere that you've been like, oh, this is a really awesome place to do comedy that like isn't New York City? Well, I did the North Carolina Comedy Festival down at the Idiot Box uh, in North Carolina. And that, and that was really awesome. Everybody that runs that, it's, it's so fun. So if you can uh, go to that festival next year, I would I would say definitely go. That's really cool. And I like uh, Washington, D.C. There's a lot of especially for um, like there's a lot of military people down there, obviously Washington, DC, big military presence. Um, but <clears throat> so I have a lot of people that have like things in common that I can kind of joke around with that. Cause uh, I, I live on military bases and it's been so much of my life for a, a while now that it's, I forget that other people don't have that same experience. So it's nice when I can uh, see those people and kind of joke about things that like just using acronyms that other people <laughs> might not, yeah. might not quite get, but yeah. And you know what? Seattle's a great place for comedy too. If you ever get out there right now, the uh, Seattle international comedy competition is going on, which is really cool. Um, yeah. So it's just anywhere and everywhere that's got it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> there's um, have you, uh, there's a really cool comedy show that they do in Pennsylvania at Peddler's village that it's in a big tent and um, they, they pack people in. That's really cool. They do it once a month. How fun. Really cool um do you so you've done a lot you're all over the uh the place with comedy which is amazing is there any advice you would give to people trying to uh pursue comedy or the best advice you've ever received oh um <clears throat> i would say definitely read as much as you can don't get out of your own way so much of it is about getting out of your own way you we agonize over making something perfect and uh no nobody cares <laughs> <laughs> it's like you gotta you have it's you know something like with social media per se you gotta keep producing things 
and uh, you know, you see what people like and you, and you try to keep doing this, the same of that or whatever, as long as that doesn't kill your soul. <laughs> right. Um, but people don't post on social media because they say, oh, it's not, it's not right. It's not done. doesn't matter. You need to just do it and then move so that you can get to the next thing. So you got to just got to keep getting out of your own way. And I, it's something that is very, uh, I something that I attribute to running. So I run every day. I've done that every day for seven years. Right. So I was terrible at running, but I just kept going. And then I got a little bit better and got a little bit better. You just have to keep going. And then you're a bit further on uh, than you were. Um, some of my favorite things, something that I keep going back to <clears throat> is reading comedians, autobiographies or biographies. So the, one of my favorites is um, Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner is a, a British comedian and he's hilarious. He's got a radio show that he does every Saturday, but um, he has a book on, it's called On the Road that shows, uh, it's his diary from when he was going, you know, the Edinburgh Fringe. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he, he had been away from comedy for like 10 years to go do TV stuff. And then he went back in. And so it shows him building up his uh, next show and all of everything that went in with that. And I love that because you, you hear the same stuff. You, you know, we're, we're all talking about the same, oh, this joke didn't work. That joke didn't work. Let me tweak it here, tweak it there. And then you see how things become the next, the next piece. Um, I think, yeah, the more that you can talk about things that are important to you, the more, the easier the jokes come too. And that's, uh, but that's, I don't know. That might that's awesome. Happen. Yeah. That's, no, that's great. No, great advice. That's, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so as we wrap up, um, where can we find you moving forward? What, anything you'd like to promote if our, you know, our listeners have had a great time hearing you talk, where can they keep up with you? All right. So on social media, my name is at Ash Gudermuth, which is perfect because it's hard to say and hard to spell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. At, uh, that at Ash Gudermuth or ashleygudermuth.com. And then I, I try to post where all the shows are. I'm trying to focus on a lot of New York stuff um, uh, coming up. So for, for the next few months or so, trying to get as much <clears throat> going on there. But if, you, if you're not in that area, then please watch me as I'm sure I will post another video of me in a dress. Um, you know, I don't know, like scaling a ladder, uh, <laughs> <laughs> something, something ridiculous, whatever, whatever I could think of that I think somebody else might think is fine. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you yeah, for having me. So That's been great. Thank you for listening to Laughing Your Mask Off. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a good review. To keep up with our hosts, follow Catherine at Catherine.Cowan and Carly at Carly Palestina on Instagram. See you next week.